0: 61% of the United States population owns stocks, but many of these people do not have a good understanding of how taxes work for them. If you own stocks, or if you're thinking about investing in them, then it's crucial to know how taxes work for these assets so that you can avoid fees, penalties, or something even worse. What I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna break down everything that beginners need to know about taxes on stocks. So if you're new to stock investing, or you don't really have a solid understanding of how taxes work on stocks in general, this will be the video for you. Before we dive into how stocks work, I want to introduce you to Money Pickle. Money Pickle is a free financial help desk for anyone to speak to a financial advisor. The reason why I'm bringing this platform up is because while getting taxes right for stocks is very important, it's also crucial to have a solid financial plan if you want to grow your wealth efficiently and securely over time. This is something I take very seriously. But unfortunately, Many people fail to reach their full financial potential because they do not get the financial coaching that they need from a certified professional. Money Pickle helps you to fix this problem in a highly convenient way. What I like about Money Pickle is that the company lets you book a completely free 45-minute Zoom consultation call at the time of your choosing with either a financial planner, a fiduciary, or another financial expert that you may need. During the call, you can ask all your questions, you can share your financial goals, your concerns, and after the call, you'll have the opportunity to continue to work with the same expert you spoke to. When it comes to creating a financial strategy for your future, you do not have to think about doing this alone. I'm going to drop a link in the description today's video so you can easily go onto Money Pickle's platform and book a free Zoom call with a trusted financial planner today. Now, the Money Pickle financial planners are all experts with many years of experience. As a reminder, I'm an enrolled agent or an EA, which is a certified tax specialist. So I focus on tax strategy. I do not give financial advice, but the Money Pickle Advisors will. So if you want financial assistance beyond just tax strategy, then make sure to click on the Money Pickle link in the description below this video. Also, I wanna quickly remind everyone that the Tax-Free Wealth Challenge will be taking place October 30th through November 3rd. In this event, I will teach you powerful tax strategies over the course of five days that I do not cover here on my YouTube channel. You can participate in this challenge from anywhere in the world and attend it digitally. There's a link in the description if you want to sign up and learn more about the event. All right, guys, now let's get back to today's video. All right, guys, the first thing I want to go over is realized versus unrealized gains. This is because it is one of the most important tax topics when it comes to stocks, and it also is something that I don't get asked a lot. So a lot of people hold stocks in their brokerage accounts and they don't sell them throughout the year. They just buy them and let them sit there. If you do this and if you pick your stocks well, then your account will increase in value over time. But here's the thing. And this is the important part, guys. If you do not sell your stocks, then you will not owe taxes on them. And this is because you have not technically made any money on them yet. Instead, you have made what is called an unrealized gain. It is called an unrealized gain because the profits have not yet become real. That only happens when you actually sell the stocks. So just as an unrealized gain is an amount of money that you could make if you sold the stock, a realized gain is the amount of money that you actually make when you sell a stock. Realized gains are definitely taxable. So let's take a look at an example of each. Let's say that you bought 100 shares of Apple stock at a stock price of $150. So that's going to equal out to $15,000 because 150 times 100 is 15,000. Now, let's say that the stock price doubled and it went to $300. So the stock price is now at $300, even though I purchased it at $150. In this case, your position would now be worth This is what you would call an unrealized gain. And this is because your original position of 15,000 doubled in value, but you haven't sold it yet. You would not owe any taxes on this unrealized gain. However, let's say that you decided you wanted to cash in on your profits. So you decide to sell your entire position of 100 shares. In this case, you would get back your original investment, which was $15,000, plus you would have a $15,000 gain. This qualifies as a realized gain since you sold the stocks and thus took profit. This realized gain of $15,000 is considered a taxable event. Hopefully that clears up realized versus unrealized gains. Now let's move on. Now that you know that you only have to pay taxes when you realize a gain on your stock investments, you might be wondering what tax rate will I have to pay on these stock gains? Well, the answer is it depends. The amount of time you hold on to the particular stock before you sell it hugely influences the tax rate that you ultimately have to pay for your stock gains. And the reason why the amount of time you hold on to the stock can impact your tax rates is because there are two different categories of capital gains. You have long-term capital gains and short-term capital gains. Long-term capital gains are capital gains that you make on stocks that you hold for at least one year, 365 days. The tax rates for long-term capital gains are a maximum 20%, but they can be as low as 0% as well. I'll be going in more into depth into long-term capital gains rates in another video. However, the bottom line is is that you don't have to pay more than 20% in long-term capital gains if you hold onto the stock for a year. Short-term capital gains taxes are capital gains that you pay on stock gains for stocks that you hold for less than one year. You see, short-term capital gains tax rates are at ordinary income rates, which start off at 10% and finish at 37%, depending on your income. So if you're a high earner, then the taxes you pay on your stock gains could be significantly higher if you make short-term as opposed to long-term capital gains. When it comes to short-term capital gains taxes, just remember that you will get taxed at the normal rate that the rest of your income is taxed at, depending on which tax bracket you fall into. What if you leave the money in your brokerage account? You see, some people think that you do not owe taxes on realized stock gains just because they keep the money in their brokerage account and they do not transfer it to their personal bank accounts. Well, let me tell you something. This is definitely not true. The moment that you sell your stocks at a profit, you create what's called a taxable event. A taxable event is an action that triggers taxes owed to the government. So regardless of whether you leave the profits in your brokerage account or move them to your bank account, you will owe taxes on the profits. Even if you decide to keep your profits under your mattress, it doesn't matter. The IRS will want its cut of the profits you made on your stock trade and don't think that it won't come looking for you. Carlton, how will the IRS even find out about my stock trades and profits in the first place because I trade crypto and it's offshore in another account? Well, every year, brokerages are required to send form 1099B proceeds from broker and barter exchange transactions to both the client and to the IRS. This form reports your capital gains and losses. So yes, the IRS will be able to see exactly how much money you made or lost with your stock trades for the year. This means that you need to make sure that you report all of your capital gains from your stock trades on your taxes, whether you made long-term or short-term capital gains, or whether you transfer them out of your brokerage account or into your personal account or not. Trying to hide your profits from the IRS is a dangerous game with serious legal consequences. So just make sure that you report everything accurately. Now, You might be asking, what about stock losses? Of course, not everyone who invests is going to make money with their investments every single year. In fact, (laughs) a lot of people actually lose money by investing in the wrong stocks. So of course, we need to discuss what happens if you lose money in your stock investments. Here's the good news, taxpayers. Your stock losses are actually tax deductions. Hopefully you won't lose any money with your stock investments, but if you do, you'll be able to use your losses to offset your gains but sometimes people have more losses than they do gains. If this happens to you, then you will have to deduct your stock losses from your ordinary income in addition to your capital gains, but there is a limit for this. For single filers and for married filing jointly, the maximum amount you can deduct in stock losses per year from ordinary income is $3,000. For married couples filing separate, the limit is $1,500. So yes, the IRS does help you out a little bit by allowing you to deduct your stock losses against other forms of income, but this doesn't mean you should be reckless with your stock investment or expect to be able to automatically deduct tens of thousands of dollars in losses every single year because of these limits. In other words, it is still important to choose your stocks carefully and to create a great investment and trading strategy for your stocks. With that being said, the IRS does actually allow you to roll over any unused losses into the following year. So for example, if you had $6,000 in stock losses in 2023 and no capital gains, then you could deduct $3,000 this year from your ordinary income. And the remaining 3,000 will roll over as a loss into 2024's tax return. This is all tracked on form Schedule D on your tax returns. And if you're receiving your 1099B form, this is something that we use as tax professionals to make sure your returns are being filed correctly. Some people who have tax losses make the mistake of ignoring them and forgetting about them. If your goal is to save as much money as possible on taxes, then you should definitely not ignore your stock losses. The deduction you get from tax losses can actually be quite significant. For example, let's say you had that $3,000 in losses left over after you used the rest of your losses to offset your capital gains and that you decided to deduct the amount from your ordinary income. Well, if you're a high income earner in the 37% tax bracket, then you could potentially save $1,100 in taxes just by claiming your stock loss deduction. Now, how are dividends tax? Many stocks pay dividends. If you're not familiar with dividends, they are distributions of profits to shareholders. So if you own a dividend paying stock, you'll receive dividends of that stock. It is common for dividend yields to be anywhere between one to 5% of the share price. Although dividends are closely related to stocks, they're not quite the same thing. And for tax purposes, dividends are divided into two categories, ordinary and qualified dividends. The difference between ordinary and qualified dividends requires a longer explanation, which I will save for a different video in order to keep this one very beginner-friendly. But for tax purposes, what you need to know is that ordinary dividends are taxed at ordinary income levels with a maximum tax rate of 37% and qualified dividends have a maximum tax rate of 20% some stock investors find the process of paying taxes on stocks a little intimidating. However, once you understand the basics, it's really not that bad. Hopefully you have a much better understanding of the basics now, but here's a quick summary of all the key points that I want you to walk away from with this video. Number one, you only owe taxes on realized gains, not unrealized gains. And number two, gains become realized when you sell your stocks for a profit. Number three, The tax rates that you pay on your stock's gains depends on whether or not you made short-term or long-term capital gains. With long-term capital gains, you have a more favorable tax treatment. Number four, you owe taxes on your realized profits even if you leave the money in the brokerage account. And number five, you report capital gains and losses on Schedule D of your tax return. Now, if you have any questions at all about taxes for your stocks, trading, and investment activity, then feel free to get in touch with my team by clicking on the link below into today's description. You can schedule a complimentary consultation. But listen, as I mentioned earlier, There's also a link in the description to join my Tax-Free Wealth Challenge, which will be taking place on October 30th. It's right around the corner, so don't forget to sign up for this as well. I've also included links in the description to get in touch with my real estate tax team if you need help with real estate tax strategy, and my Tax Alchemy course is also below. In my Tax Alchemy course, I teach you advanced tax strategies that are being used by the wealthiest of Americans right now to save big money in taxes, So feel free to check those out as well on your way out. Finally, don't forget to click on the Money Pickle link in the description below to speak with a certified financial planner if you would like to take your financial strategy to the next level. Okay, that's all for today's video, guys. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. Cheers.